0: From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget newsletter. And joining me again is Paul Krozak, who covers all things budget for CQ. Thanks for being here, Paul.
1: Great to be here, David.
0: So with Congress in recess this week to celebrate the nation's birthday, we thought we'd take time to look at how much debt the country has taken on over the last 242 years and how much more is coming because the Congressional Budget Office issued a 30-year forecast last week that warns that a tidal wave of interest payments on the debt is about to hit us. So, Paul, how bad are things looking?
1: Well, they're looking pretty bad. Um, I mean, you know, debt right now, debt held by the public, as they call it, is a little under 80 percent of the size of the economy, uh, gross domestic product. That's the way they talk about it. Uh, within 30 years, it's going to get a lot higher than that. It's going to get to 150 percent. So roughly of double the economy. It's going to yeah. roughly double yeah. as a share of the yeah. economy. And even before that, it's going to break the record. It'll break the record in the early 2030s. The previous record. Was right after World War II. It was a little over 100 percent of the size of the economy. Early 2030s, it's going to hit that record and break that record for the first time. And so, Paul, what is the cause of this
0: coming debt explosion, and and who's most likely to pay the price?
1: Well, future generations will pay the price. Um, In terms of the causes, um, the the spending growth is is the result uh, primarily of the Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, um, these retirement and health care programs.
0: As the baby boomers retire. Right, baby
1: boomers retire, health care costs go up. So these programs are growing faster than economic growth, and they are the majority of the budget right now, and they're getting bigger and bigger all the time. So you have that growth, and you, you do not have enough revenue collection to pay for all of this. This is why we run deficits and, of course, Congress getting-
0: Congress just made the situation a little worse last year.
1: Well, that's right, because the, the tax cut increases the deficit for a number of years, meaning more borrowing. Um, the budget deal uh, means more borrowing. The the omnibus spending bill means more borrowing. So this this increases the debt short term, at least. But long term, you have these government programs which are growing fast, and we are not collecting enough taxes to pay for those programs. So looking at future generations, uh, you know, what are they going to do? I mean, at some point, there are going to have to be changes made to Social Security and and Medicare and some of these other programs. Probably it would be a combination of restructuring the programs and a tax increase as well.
0: So if you're a millennial, the message is? Trouble ahead. And... And a tidal wave of debt means a tidal wave of interest payments on the debt to service it.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, in fact, the the government's interest costs, the, the interest they have to pay on the debt, is really going to explode. Um, and that is partly because interest rates will be rising from their very current mm-hmm. low levels. But it's mostly because of the the increasing deficits, the increase in the debt, the higher the debt, the higher the interest rate. So interest is going to explode over the next 30 years.
0: And that is a danger because growing interest payments could crowd out funding for other needed programs, right?
1: That, well, that's the main thing, yes.
0: Tell us what the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, says about that.
1: Yeah, so a striking point that they make in this report is that... Uh, 30 years from now the amount the government pays for interest um, on the debt is going to be as much as the whole social security program and that's a striking that's a striking yeah yeah because because. yeah because social security is the largest government program right now yeah Um, and it will be in 30 years too but interest will be as much as social security.
0: And to give people a feel for how dramatic that is, I looked up the numbers we pay this year. We, The government's paying something like $300 billion this year on interest, and that's a that's a hefty figure, but we're paying close to a trillion dollars on social security, so over like $980 billion on social security. What this is saying, as you point out, is that interest is going to catch up to social security so that that $300 billion is is really going to hit close to, closer to a trillion or more. Right. That's a huge, that's a huge jump, and that's, and the money has to come from somewhere, right?
1: Right, and the thing about interest payments is um, you're, you're paying creditors. You're paying people who loaned you the money. You're, none of this is going into government programs. So when you think of—, of It's
0: sort of money going out the window just to pay— It's going out the window, right. It's not to pay for any service, it's just going to pay for... Yeah, yeah. And even before, you can say that's not for 30 years, but even a few years before that, the interest costs are going to equal all discretionary spending, everything the government spends on all programs allocated by Congress. Right. Which is over $1.3 trillion this year.
1: Right, right. Yeah, that's about a third of the budget right now.
0: So that does make you wonder if this forecast is true... How are they going to be able to afford this?
1: Well, yes. How how will they be able to afford it? Right. Nobody has, you know, any answers to that. What, what this forecast does show is it shows the Social Security and Medicare keep growing, keep becoming a bigger part of the budget. Interest payments keep growing. Discretionary spending, which is, you know, just about everything that we think about government doing most of that is discretionary spending, that will keep going down as a share of economic growth. That will continue to go down and get smaller and smaller. So that gets squeezed as less money sort of for every, every, all the stuff government does except
0: for entitlement programs.
1: Right. So we already knew that these entitlement programs, because they're on automatic pilot, they are, they are squeezing out discretionary spending now and they will continue to do that in the future. What, we, what this report really makes um, obvious is that interest payments also are going to be squeezing out discretionary spending.
0: Squeezing it out big time, according to this. Right. Now, of course, some people may say, well, there's no reason to be, to be frightened by this and, and forecasts are very uncertain. And we certainly know a lot of conservative Republicans have dismissed some of the CBO's work in the past. Uh, what do they say, Paul, and how might, how might they differ with this forecast?
1: Well, I mean, Republicans say, yes, we have to get a handle on the growth of these automatic spending programs, uh, but that hasn't happened yet. Um, when it comes to taxes, Republicans are, are optimistic that this tax cut, it already has been spurring economic growth, and CBO said it would spur economic growth. Republicans are more optimistic. That it will raise enough revenue to cover the cost of the tax cut, or at least a lot of the a lot of the cost. Uh, Democrats are much more spect- skeptical. One of the interesting things about this report, though, is that what it shows about the tax cut is that, um, you know, in the tax cut, a lot of the tax cut is temporary. It's going to expire in 2025, and that's mainly the individual tax cuts. So. The CBO assumes that those tax cuts expire, and this forecast, which is a pretty gloomy forecast, assumes those tax cuts expire and a bunch of new revenue comes into the government. If those tax cuts are made permanent, as some Republicans want— We
0: know they want to make them permanent.
1: Right. Then you're going to get even less revenue than this projection assumes, and things are going to be even worse than this report.
0: And so interest payments go, go even higher. Right. So that's an issue. And, th- and then there's, I guess, there's little political pressure. I mean, when they issue a 30-year forecast, it doesn't prompt any changes overnight, right? There's not as much political incentive to get going on this.
1: Right. And, you know, long-range forecast is a good thing to do. But the farther you go out with a projection, the less accurate it is. Um, I mean... You know, a 10-year, even a 10-year projection is not very accurate. When you go out 30 years, it becomes even less accurate. But nevertheless, this, this forecast shows you the trends that we have in place.
0: And politicians may not have to pay a price for, for a problem that happens 30 years down the road. Right. Okay, so we, we may not need to panic just yet, but the forecast is troubling. And it's food for thought as Congress takes on more debt through both spending increases and tax cuts. My thanks again to Paul Krawczak, our senior budget reporter, for joining me. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. And thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your CQ budget tracker. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by reading your daily CQ budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes stitcher or npr1 and for more budget news you can visit rollcall.com or cq.com or find us on twitter the handle is at CQNow or at roll call see you next week and happy independence day